Welcome to another edition of The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm Darren Long, your host for today, also the Vice President of Sales and Senior Analyst with Guildhall. With me today at the show is Paul Wiseman, President of Guildhall Wealth Management, and to his side, Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. And as always, we like to start by reminding everyone that although we've been around and our door has been open since 2002, past performance of gold, silver, and colored diamonds is not always necessarily indicative of future performance. And that being said, we are here to help you as experts. This is The Real Money Show. We are on Talk Radio AM 640. And this week, gentlemen, we have a, a very, very packed show. There's lots to talk about, but we're going to keep it very simple for our listeners. If you're tuned in right now, we're going to tell you a little bit about the type of product that we offer that you can come and buy at our location, pick up and take home with you, store, use in your allocated financing accounts, whether you're putting it into your RSPs, TFSAs, and so forth. We'll talk about all that during the show today. In addition to that, fellas, we're going to talk about why we love gold and silver. It's not so much about the world views. We know that the numbers are skewed. Our listeners are smart enough to know that the data coming out is just a mix mash of paper over paper over paper, and that's being swept under the rug consistently in every country, every part of the world where there's any type of global economic activity. So today we're going to talk a little bit about why gold and silver, kind of a silver and gold 101 for our listeners. And if you look back at when we opened our doors, the opening of that coincided with the onset of this bull market, pretty much the same. 2002 is when Guildhall was established. And of course, at that time, gold and silver were trading for much less in price. In fact, gold was trading at just slightly below 300 an ounce and silver just slightly around the $4 an ounce mark, slightly below 450 an ounce. And of course, since that time, both metals have traversed great, great highs. And of course, even where we are in today in price, Gold has managed to move up 324% around that point, which over the last 15 years is about 21.5% per year. While gold, I mean, while silver has managed to move up around 270% or about 18% per year. And this is what makes this investment unique. It's that we look at it from the long-term perspective. And that's why some of these fundamentals have held true throughout the entire 15 years that this market has been running. But Paul, more importantly, what people need to understand is our product is not paper, correct? Correct. I mean, at Guildhall Wealth, we deal in the physical product. We don't sell equities. We don't sell ETFs. We don't sell certificates. We don't sell futures or options on futures. What we sell is the physical product. Whether you come to our location and pick up a very different product from silver and gold, from one ounce bars to 10 ounce bars, 100 ounce bars of silver, the same thing in gold from five gram, 10 gram, one ounce bars, 10 ounce bars, kilo bars of gold, it's available for you to pick up. The other alternative is if you don't want to take product home and you want to put it in a safe, secure, allocated, segregated depository, we offer that for you here in Toronto, in Mississauga. We also have the ability to store product offshore for you, whether it be in Singapore or the Cayman Islands, which is available for some people that do want to keep their product out of the banking system and out of Canada or out of the U.S. We also have registered uh, accounts which are registered retirement TFSAs. This is done through our custodian Questrade that we work and partner with. We do all the purchasing. It is in the same 
IROC uh, depository, which is safe, secure, allocated, segregated. You get the bar numbers of every product that you buy. And also we have allocated product, which is allocated with bar numbers, which we can actually offer you financing so that we have a lot to offer for people that want to get involved and invest in the gold and silver market. One eight seven seven eight silver is a number to call. The website is guildhallwealth.com. If you're listening along, you have the chance to go to that site. What you'll find there is a little bit about everything we're going to talk about today, the types of product we're going to be mentioning through the show, how to get involved. And of course, it's a great place to start if you're a little bit skittish about talking to somebody initially. We do hold your hand though, folks. I want you to know this, that when you call, there is no pressure to do anything. We want to give you as much in the way of answers as we can. We want to paint a bit of a picture about where the world is at, but by no means are we going to act as your financial planners or advisors. That's not our key role. We're experts in bullion and bullion only, as well as natural fancy colored diamonds. Now, they say, fellas, that 10% of the people make 90% of the money, and I can think of no better time since I've ever been alive that this is the case right now. And of course, that ratio might even be skewed a bit more, but we've actually been helping investors to buy physical gold and silver since 2002 when gold was at around 300 and silver at around $4.50. We witnessed during that time the peak of a market. We've witnessed a recession and ongoing struggle in the world economies, which certainly seems to be ongoing. It's not ending anytime soon. And throughout all of these Gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds have outperformed pretty much all of the markets collectively on an annualized average basis. Now, if you think about it from this perspective, if you're listening, 90% of those that invest in anything are investing in stocks, real estate, or interest-bearing instruments. However, less than 2% are buying real physical silver or gold. And we reach thousands of readers and potential owners of gold and silver monthly, yet this is minuscule compared to the 70 plus million investors in the US and Canada alone. My point is very simple, folks. If you're looking for an undiscovered asset, silver and gold do fit the bill. And because silver and gold are assets that have been known since the dawn of civilization, most people naturally have very strong preconceived opinions about them. If you're thinking about gold and silver, you probably either know a little bit about what happened in the 70s. You've probably heard the name the Hunt Brothers. You might have an opinion about where it's gone since then. You might think about it from a jewelry perspective or photography. But the truth is, there are some real solid fundamentals at play in this market. And it is what led us to initially found the firm Guildhall Wealth Management and get started. Those four fundamentals are very simple, fellas. They are depreciating currencies, and in particular, we focus on the US dollar when we talk about those currencies and its impact on gold and silver. Number two, we talk about inflation. And especially in our day and age with the amount of money that's been printed, there is no way we are going to survive the next 20 years without a major bout of inflation that is going to knock us down. But before it happens, interest rates will go sky high. And we've seen this happen before. Gold and silver go much higher in those times. Geopolitics, the third fundamental we talk about and we'll spend some time dealing with today, but reasons why whole countries protect their own foreign currencies by owning assets like gold and silver. And fourth is supply and demand. And I can think of no fundamental that has changed more dramatically than the last bull market of the 70s and early 80s in gold and silver than that particular fundamental. So as we get further into this show, 
we'll spend some time dealing with all of those. But if you look at gold and silver from the length of time they've been around, they've basically, and this is something people take for granted, they've survived every major economic calamity known to man. They've survived every failing currency that's ever existed. And Jeremy, we've talked about it at length. Bullion has been the go-to reserve currency throughout very long periods in history. What do you think of when you think of how it relates to currencies and the war of depreciation on currencies? All currencies eventually go to zero, including the U.S. dollar and the Canadian dollar. It's just how long we live to see that. And during those periods, gold and silver go much higher. I think about two things right now. I think about what we were discussing the last couple of weeks with China looking to back the oil trade with one that can be converted into gold. Um, it's the understanding that dollars are tied to oil right now through the U.S. dollar, and that eventually uh, China's demand for oil is much, much higher than the U.S.'s demand for oil. And so by backing the currents, backing that trade with gold or the ability to convert to gold, certainly points to much, much higher prices in gold, which also means depreciating values in currencies. Now, if you think, uh, if you look at uh, a recent article that we're going to put in our newsletter this week, it's called Gold is Up This Year, Not Just in Dollars, But in Every Major Currency. And what it's demonstrating is that there's this stealth bull market happening in precious metals that, uh, for example, um, it's up 10% in euro, 4% in the in the yen, 4.5% in the won, 5% Swiss franc, uh, British pound, 8.9, Australian dollar, 9%, um, Canadian dollar, 7%. You know, the, the reason people are looking to hold precious metals is to protect wealth. Some hold precious metals as a speculative investment. And those are the investors that often, in our, in our experience, get into the market after seeing much, much higher gains, where they're worried about the fact that other people have made money, they hate seeing the fact that people other people are making money, and they jump into the market. But over the last several years, gold has made higher highs and higher lows. We've come off the bottom, we've consolidated, and as I was discussing with one of our clients this week... Yes, gold came back below $1,300 an ounce recently, but there's not a sense in this market that gold is that people are worried about gold dropping to $1,000 an ounce anymore or, or gold dropping below $1,100 an ounce for that matter. It's more a concern of, okay, we came back below $1,300. How much longer before we're back up above $1,300? But there's a feel in the market that, this, that until gold breaks $1,400, that it's it's a misnomer. It's something to not pay attention to. And so when you ask me, what do I think about on gold? I think about the fact that gold has been up in major currencies, especially Canadian dollar over the last three years, over 5% a year. And isn't that what most investors are looking for? But when you start to sneak in those other factors, supply, demand, and we can go into a lot of different articles that are discussing supply, demand, or, or the the tight supply and the strong demand, and then obviously geopolitical risks like North Korea, uh, that's something that is not going away. And you start to look at inflation and this idea of hiding what's going on with inflation. And you, and you can start to see why, and we'll talk about this later, why Germans have invested more in gold 
than China than the Chinese and Indians combined in in 2016. Okay, so we're going to find out if the currency is worth the paper it's printed on, and in most cases, you're going to come to the conclusion that we do, which is probably that it's not. Inflation is a big strong point too, and of course, we're going to talk about geopolitics and supply and demand when we come back. A little bit about our monthly buyers club, the types of product that we offer, and of course, we're going to tell you why we think that from a strategic standpoint, silver might be your go-to metal for year-end and last quarter. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. Guildhallwealth.com is the website to go to. Remember, you can go to that website and at no charge to you, request your free subscription to the Precious Metals Advisor, an industry standard newsletter that we send out on a weekly basis to those who would like to have a look at what we say and feel about the markets. It's packed full of great articles. We always mention those articles on the show on a weekly basis. And of course, you're entitled to it. In addition to that, For those using the registered accounts, here we are in the last quarter of the year. If you're opening up an RSP, a TFSA with Guildhall Wealth Management, any of the types of registered accounts you can, you qualify for every 5,000 US you put into the account for one gram of free gold. Compliments of Guildhall is a way of us saying thank you to you. Now you're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Talk Radio AM 640. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver And during this show, if you are in front of a computer or listening from home, the Guildhall website is a great place to go. It's guildhallwealth.com. There you can find out a little bit about everything we're discussing on today's show, about the product that we offer, and what can be put into the accounts that we're talking about on today's show. Now, before we went to break, gentlemen, we discussed the idea of talking about both metals today, silver and gold. In this segment, I want to focus a little more on silver and in particular how we look at it in terms of where it is in the cycle. And now that being said, we we all have an opinion of what we think long-term the silver price might be and gold. I look at silver in, in commodity terms, namely does its current price accurately reflect current supply and demand? Is the price under over or fairly priced as we're speaking compared to the current and future supply and demand. And this should be the essence of how we consider where the price is heading. What's very unique to silver is that its demand has exceeded its supply for more than the majority of the past 60 years. And 2017 has not been an exception, but the best thing of of all is that during the whole time, silver has basically been priced extremely low. We've only had one instance where silver jumped up to $49 and change, and I can think of no better metal to be using to be put into one of our favorite accounts, which is our registered accounts through Guildhall Wealth Management. Yeah, absolutely right. And the, the thing is as well, Darren, is we're looking at the ratio today of gold to silver. That's 76 to 1. That's 76 ounces of silver to every one ounce of gold. Now, going back to biblical times, silver was trading at 16 to 1 uh, to gold. If we go back to 1971, before Nixon took the gold standard off, we were at 16 to 1. Silver's trading, as we're recording this show, at 1665, 1670 right now. Gold is trading at $1,272. Year to date, Gold is up just over 10%. Silver's trading up about 5%. Yet silver has come off about $1.50 in the last couple of weeks. A 5% move just in silver will bring you up, you know, obviously to a 10%. That's an 80 cent move going to $17.20. Uh, and silver is up 10% on the year. So what we're looking at in a registered plan 
It's for your retirement. You know, we've had Gerald Salenti on the show several times. He always says, gold is for my golden years. He puts it away. And this is the same thing that you put into your registered plan or a TFSA, gold or silver, and you sit back. You don't have to look at it every day. It's going to go up and down. We know that. But, you know, when you look over a 10 or 15 year period, for example, gold's up around about 324% over the last, what is it, 15 years, Darren? 15. You know, giving you about a 22% return on a yearly basis, even when we've had a couple of two, three year bad uh, runs on gold and silver. We believe gold and silver is ready to take off. Um, I look at the U.S. currency, um, and in my opinion, it's the best house on the worst street. You know, if you look against the euro, or you look against the sterling, you look against the Swiss franc, uh, you look against the Canadian dollar, the U.S. currency has been pretty strong. The Japanese yen has been beaten up pretty badly. But gold and silver is historically an insurance policy about inflation, about printing money, and about maintaining your capital, your hard-earned capital that you've worked very, very hard for. So if you get into a registered plan, it's very, very simple. Uh, we have a girl in the office, Franca, that looks after all of our registered uh, plans through Questrade. Uh, they are the custodian. We do the buying and the selling, and we get do all the paperwork and basically make it so simple for you to invest. We believe that gold and silver is going to take off. Um, right now, as I said, silver is trading in the 1660 range. It's extremely undervalued. If we look at the gold, for example, trading at 1272, 1275, this last month alone, there was so much money that went into ETFs in gold. We don't like talking about ETFs because we talk about physical product at Guildhall. When you own a registered plan at Guildhall through Questrade, you are getting physical product with bar numbers that's allocated, segregated. You get a list of the bar numbers. You can even go and visit the product. We are so enthusiastic about this market. We think this is a great opportunity for you to invest and make money. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call. Guildhallwealth.com is the website to go to. And of course, if you're talking about that type of investment, I like to have a natural bias play a role in my decision-making process. You might not as a listener, but I love silver. It would be virtually impossible for other instances within the global markets, whether it's a stock, whether it's another commodity, whether it's any of those things, virtually impossible for other markets to stay as low as silver has maintained its price. If you look at palladium this year, it rose above the price of platinum and platinum is a far more difficult metal to get out of the ground. There's far less of it. And of course it doesn't surprise us because that's supply and demand. It's not coming fast enough for the people that want it. And of course you add in, as you said earlier, Jeremy, those folks that like to speculate and they push that price higher. Well, the same things happened in gold and silver on many instances, but the condition of silver staying as that lonely metal that's hovering around that cheap, cheap price of $17, even at $20 or $30, it's super cheap in comparative uh, analysis to gold and all the rest of the metals. It can't last. And the problem is by the time it's obvious that a commodity's consumption is greater than its production, it's usually reflected in the price being quite high and the deficit about to be corrected by that very high price. We've seen a glimpse of how high silver and gold can go. Silver, as recently as 2011, within the bull market that we're in now, having reached $49 an ounce. Now, 
some of the conditions that existed to get us there, and people might not remember this, included the threat of inflation. One of the second fundamentals that we talk about in reasons for investing in precious metals. Jeremy, when we talk about inflation, is it the inflation in terms of numbers that concerns you more, or is it inflation the silent killer of wealth that people don't pay attention to that concerns you more? For, for me personally, I think that there's uh, the stated inflation and then there's real world inflation. And if you think about the real world inflation of costs of energy, insurance, going out to eat, um, you know, entertainment, um, all of the things that uh, you do day to day, you ask yourself, well, are those really only increasing at a 2% rate per year? Ask yourself if if five years ago, if a hundred thousand dollars buys you what it what it does what it did then, if it buys you the same amount today, you kind of say no, it it doesn't. And if inflation is more like five percent a year, then every five years you're losing twenty five percent of your purchasing power. Now, if inflation is actually around two percent, then it's great. If you can get an investment that yields you three or four percent, you're in the you're in the plus. But if real inflation's at five percent real-world inflation's at 5%, your actual cost of living is at 5% increasing a year, and in, and you're getting an investment at 3%, you actually are losing 2% a year. Or just having the money in the bank gaining 1% 1, 1 a year, you're not gaining anything. Now, silver and gold don't look great against yield because they don't have a yield. But what they do have is an incredible track record against depreciating currencies, which is inflation. So just as we've seen in gold and silver, that over the long term, you see the, the prices increase well above the inflation rate. What starts to look great about silver is that silver amplifies the moves of gold. So whereas gold might move up, you know, silver, Paul, you pointed out silver is, is losing ground right now, but it can play catch up very, very oh, it quickly. Do, it does. An 80 cent move in silver is nothing. Yeah, but it does because a couple of months ago, silver had risen higher than gold on the year. We've come off about a buck fifty, right. as actually as much as about two dollars from the high uh, when Trump got elected in November. Uh, it was around about eighteen sixty nineteen dollar range, um, but a, an eighty cent move in silver is absolutely nothing, and that would put it put us up at ten percent on the year. A dollar sixty would put us up at fifteen percent in the year, yeah. and I think you're going to see before the end of the year eighteen dollar silver. And not only that, you also if you look at at uh, currency exchanges where we are in the price. You know, the last time gold was at $1,900 an ounce, our exchange rate was about par, and gold hit $1,900 an ounce. Well, you know, it costs about $1,700 an ounce to buy an ounce of gold in Canadian dollars right now. So you're looking at only a $200 difference off the high that was reached in uh, 2011, but that's not what everyone's seeing day to day. And the reason why we're so excited about this is not just because we feel that there is money to be made in this market, but that... When you see what's happening in the stock market, I was just listening to Bloomberg on the way, or I can't remember which one, and they said, stock market's up again. It's like they, these announcers are even bored saying it because there's something wrong with the market continually moving up that governments continue to increase their debts, continue to print quantitative easing, whether it's through back channels or directly. They're pushing a market up, but the economy isn't going up. There was an article out today uh, from the Financial Post saying that since Canada raised the interest rates, exports have completely dropped off. 
they, they've tanked the economy as a result of raising interest rates a whole quarter a point. So, you know, the, the next interest rate climb is off the table. We're not looking at interest rates uh, normalizing to 5-6% here, which of course would ruin the real estate market in many situations, because how many investors or house owners can afford a 300-400 dollar increase a month on their mortgage without affecting everything else. So we see there's a lot of problems in the world that are being all just pushed under the rug, swept under the rug, the can kick down the road. We see gold quietly moving up. We know that silver will amplify the move in gold. It's only going to be a matter of time before gold breaks that 1400 and silver really takes off to the races. But it's important to be involved in that market beforehand and not wait till uh, the market's already, as as someone would say, like the, the horse is already bolted from the stable. It's always better to be whether it's one week, one month too early, than it is to be one month too late. And that's what the silver and the gold market is. We've been lulled to sleep with the stock market. I was listening to one of the pundits this morning, and he was so hurrah, hurrah about the stock market, and he said everything should be great if you ignore, one, geopolitical, and if you ignore the budget deficit, and he's talking about the U.S., and I just burst out laughing because I couldn't believe what this guy just said. It was actually on Fox News, so you know I can take that with a pinch of salt too. But the stock market, nothing goes up in a straight line like a rocket ship without coming back down. And when this hits, it's going to hit. Gold and silver has always been a safe haven. You know, the yen, for example, has always been a safe haven. That I never understand. Um, you know, it's not a great currency when you're giving zero interest rates or minus zero interest rates. But let me just tell you what what my opinion is and how I think uh, what I think about currencies versus gold and silver. If you took a coffee can and put ten thousand dollars cash in it um, and buried it in the back garden or somewhere safe, or you took ten thousand dollars worth of metal, whether it's gold or silver, and put it in that same coffee can and buried it for a 10-year period. At that end, end of the 10-year period, if interest rates don't go up, and we're looking at 1, 1.5%, 2%, what is your $10,000 worth? Maybe $12,000? What's your buying power? Your buying power is probably reduced if it's 5% a year real inflation. It's worth about $6,000, that cash. Whereas that gold or silver, if we're talking at gold, and an average, even if we talked 10% increase, that gold would be worth $20,000. And if you were to look at it in inflation terms and apply the same rule there, that 20 is still worth 15, so you're coming out ahead. Now put that in your RSP can, folks, and think about it from the long term. If you have an RSP and you're setting up and you're in your 30s, late 30s, early 40s, and you want to put gold into that RSP, think about it from that long-term perspective. By the time you retire, think about the joy you have unlocking that gold, selling off, and being able to walk away knowing that you protected yourself against the threat of inflation. It's one of the key elements we talk about, the fundamental reasons we say that you should own gold and silver. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about colored diamonds. And in the fourth segment, stay tuned because we're going to talk about how to brace for a rally that commodity trade mantra is talking about being one of the key elements for the last quarter. They're thinking silver is going to rise. And of course, we're going to talk more about how to get into these markets, the type of products we have. And we're going to give everybody an example 
in allocated financing, how to get gold at almost half off, more than half off the price. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call. Guildhallwealth.com is the website to go to. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Talk Radio AM 640. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long. With me today in studio is Jeremy Wiseman, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management, and Paul Wiseman, the President of Guildhall Wealth Management. This segment, fellas, one of our favorites. We love talking about natural fancy colored diamonds. There's a lot to say, but for the very same reasons that we invest in gold and silver, we have come to fall in love with the idea of adding a colored diamond to a person's portfolio, to our own portfolios. And of course, Paul, there are just an abundant amount of reasons why an investor would love to have a colored diamond. I would like today to just share a few reasons why you personally enjoy investing and seeing a return as you do on a week-to-week basis and the passion that you put into this. Share that with our clients. Well, the first thing is is the rarity. Um, these natural fancy colored diamonds are extremely rare. The thing that we look for at Guildhall Wealth is the first thing is the color. The next thing that we look at is the clarity. That means does the diamond have inclusions? For example, yellow diamonds we always go for internally flawless, which means diamonds that have no inclusions whatsoever. Uh, In pinks, it's very rare to get an internally flawless stone. The stones come normally, the best quality is VS, VS quality, and we try to provide and we do provide that quality to our customers. There is a lot lower grades in pinks, which are SI1, SI2, I1, and we steer away from those diamonds because we believe they are not investment quality, and it's very, very hard to get an ROI, which is return on investment. When you look at diamonds such as blues, blues are just going up at an incredible rate, extremely hard to find, and the prices are just soaring. Uh, the highest and the best quality diamond that you can ever buy is a red. And, you know, if you can find one, you're going to be paying anywhere from a million three to $2 million a carat for a VS quality stone. The third thing that we look at is the cut of the diamond. Now, when we're buying a natural fancy colored diamond, there's certain diamonds that give out the scintillation. That's the fire and the color that comes off the diamond. This normally comes from radiant cuts and cushion cuts, pear-shaped cuts, as well as emerald cuts. Those are the four strong cuts in natural fancy colored diamonds, and that's what we look for. And of course, the fourth weight one is the carrot weight, where when we're selling a natural fancy colored diamond, on colored diamonds, on pinks, we don't go for anything less than a quarter carat. And even then, the quarter carat stones are extremely expensive. Um, in yellows, we normally do a carat and above. Uh, and the same thing when we find blues, even though they're extremely rare, we try to sell a carat and above. And blues, for example, in a vivid IF is going today for a million and a half dollars a carat. So that kind of tells you how rare these diamonds are. Um, For the Argyle tender that comes out every year, they put out about 60 diamonds. Um, Every year we get invited to the tender. This year there was about 49 carats total carat weight that went into the tender. We are going after two diamonds. Last year we were fortunate enough to win a diamond Uh, There was an incredible diamond, a 0.55 deep pink. The year before that, we didn't get anything. And the year before that, we were fortunate enough to win three diamonds. Um, With my partners out in New York, 
uh, I was told the prices that I to expect to bid on to get these diamonds that I'm going after. Uh, we're bidding up to 40% more than we did last year, and last year we bid 40% more than we did the year before. So we're kind of excited about the colors this year, the two diamonds that we're going after, extremely, extremely rare, and it's one type of diamond that you can hold, put into your portfolio, and will double every two to three years. That's how confident we are for the simple reason the Argyle mine is closing uh, in 2021. That will be the end of the tenders. And for the last 31 years, there's only been 50, 60 diamonds every year going into the tender. And out of those, there's only 10, 11 VS quality that gives you only 300 diamonds throughout the world that are of excellent clarity and quality. We have a couple of spectacular diamonds that I think are really underpriced. Um, we've had them a little while in stock, so we can bring to you this price even though we think that the market's going to go through the roof. Um, we have a 0.46 fancy pink VS2. That's just under a half a carat. You're looking at 36,750 US. I think this stone is a type of stone that you can put away for four or five years. You're going to do extremely well at a minimum. It should, I think, will double. You need to hold it maybe 10, 15 years. You're going to get a terrific, terrific return. The other stone I love that's on our website, and it's one of my favorite colors, it's a fancy orangey pink. And again, it's a VS2. It's a cushion. It's a half-carat stone. And we have this stone on for 36995 Either one of these stones would be a terrific, terrific investment. And if it's, again, a thing about budget and you're looking to get into the natural fancy color diamond as an investment, but... You know, you don't have $35,000, $40,000 to invest, and you want to go a little smaller. We can do a yellow for you, a 102-carat, fancy yellow, internally flawless, radiant cut for 10995 US, which, in my opinion, is a terrific, terrific starter investment. This is the type of stone that you can start off with. It will increase in value, maybe 5 6% a year. It's not going to go up as much as a pink, which could go up, you know, anywhere from 15 to 28%. Uh, you know, even in a vivid pink that can go up as much as 30 35% a year. But we have a range of diamonds. Whether you go to our website, guildhallwealth.com, look under the diamond section, you're going to see one of the largest collections of yellow internally flawless and our diamonds as i said range from 10,000 you know up to about $100,000 and then if you look at the pinks you know we have a 0.72 one of a kind stone it's a fancy vivid purposely pink vs1 and you're looking at 565,000 us we have other stones that are not on the website if you want to make an appointment to view the stones we'll be happy to sit down with you and show you how what type of returns you can make on these diamonds? One eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com. The website where you can see the diamonds and everything there listed that we've discussed. You can also find out a little more about what our opinions are and what we've written about and what we've discussed by getting the Precious Metals Advisor, our weekly newsletter that goes out from time to time. We'll have some pertinent articles on colored diamonds in the newsletter. And of course, from time to time, we also send out specials on colored diamonds, depending on the time of year. Now, Paul, you mentioned something very uh, interesting to me, and you, you talk about the Argyle mine. I wrote recently in a couple of articles that were released to our listeners about the mine itself and the 
Well, what's seemingly coming to an end and the ore production that's coming out of the ground, these are more technical things that people might not consider when they're looking at a pink diamond. But I'm interested in knowing whether or not each of you gentlemen think it's okay to speculate at this point in time on the fact that the the web the web is not going to give us any more information than we already know. The buyers that are going to these auctions, the Argyle tenders are not going to tell us anything because they're not getting it from Argyle. How much longer do we have to wait until we see this mine actually end up closing its doors and, and ending an era in diamond production for pinks? Well, this the mine, you know, the Argyle mine is owned by Rio Tinto. They're all about money and production. Uh, the Argyle mine produces 90% of the world's pinks. And it's only one-tenth of one percent of their total production. So the diamonds that are getting out of the ground are industrial diamonds, brown diamonds. Um, you know, one time, you know, you could buy these diamonds, uh, roughs for 15, the, the brown diamonds for $15 a carat. They decided to put them in jewelry. Now it's $40 a carat. But they're called champagne, chocolate, cognac, not investment. The pinks that come out of the Argyle mine are very, very small. Um when you get into the real strong, deep colors, the strong hues, the strong saturation of diamonds, they're very, very small and very, very rare. So the prices are going to become extremely, extremely high. The mine is going to close in 2021 because they're, going to, they're digging right now deeper and deeper and deeper. And the stones are getting smaller and smaller and they're getting crushed when they're getting sorted, it doesn't pay to keep the mine open. Yes, they've probably pulled quite a lot of diamonds out of the mine and it's probably stored away and they've got enough maybe for the next 20, 25 years. But these diamonds will not be coming to the market and it's like an artist that dies. Once that artist dies, yeah, there's a few paintings left out there, but they become rarer and rarer and rarer. And anybody, I don't think it's a gamble. I think Buying an Argyle diamond is the best investment you can make. Well, we've seen a track record, and we've understood that from what we've discussed in the show that this track re- this track record has basically precluded the option of losing value in the diamond. So, if we bought something today at thirty five thousand, which translates in over forty thousand Canadian, and we put that away, we've already shown that that value maintains itself bare minimum. So you never lose the principle or not yet. We've never had a client come to us that's uh, that's worked in our parameters, that's done what we've said, that's lost a penny of their initial investment. That's a great thing. But I want to know, can a person, Jeremy, that has no experience in colored diamonds, he doesn't really care about whether it's going to be wealth to wear or to pass it on to somebody. He just purely wants to speculate on the idea instead of buying a house instead of putting tons of money into real estate, which he feels might be overvalued at this point in time, could he take a couple hundred thousand and do all right by having a package of diamonds that he just sits by and idly waits for this potential closing and what might transpire as a result of lesser diamonds coming to market? You know, first, the Argyle mine isn't isn't withholding pink diamonds. It's less than ten, less than one tenth of one percent of their entire production. They're a white diamond supplier, and white diamonds are not rare. So when it comes to the pink diamonds, it's a bonus for them that they ha- that this mine happens to do that, and they've done a great job marketing the the pink diamonds. But whatever has been put out has been put out. So whatever they can sell in the next few years is is what's available to market. So in terms of diversifying a portfolio. If, a, if, if someone has the ability to invest 
uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars, and that would be a small portion of their portfolio, 10%, let's say, as an example. We've seen diamonds that were selling for 85000 that are comfortably selling for 250000 within five years. And I think that's something that if you were to put uh, 200000 into two diamonds right now, where could you see that in 10 years? You're going to be very, very happy with where they are to the point where, and we've seen this, to sell those diamonds, you actually end up with seller's remorse. See, in our market, we do deal in both the primary and secondary market. And oftentimes, people who have been holding diamonds can't wait to sell their diamonds because everyone can't wait to get a, a return. But once the diamond's sold and and they realize, wait, it can be sold and there can be money made, there's seller's remorse. And we've had it before in our market, and so we know what to hold on to and what diamonds that we want to hold on to for a very, very long time. And in this market, it's very easy to buy a diamond for a hundred, couple hundred thousand and see where it goes in five years. And the problem is, is when would you want to sell it? Because it's only going to keep growing in value. So it's got to be something that you can put those funds away and not have to think about it. Because the less you can think about it, the more you're going to make in this market. And I think that's a unique approach to a market, whereas uh, a lot of investors obviously are very invested personally and emotionally in those um, in the assets that they purchase so again it's all about balance if you can if you can invest 10% into uh, natural fancy color diamonds and you can do that for a very long period you are definitely going to be pleased with the results in this market just like with with precious metals you know if you can invest 10 15% into precious metals especially at the low levels they're at now you're only going to be more happy when the market's gone up. And even if you're buying on a regular basis, you're happy if the market uh, rises the way we've seen it over the last few years. Um, you know, if you're investing more than 50% in your portfolio, you're going to be up at night. And we don't want anyone to be up at night. This should be a collector's item, a portion of your portfolio that you can take the time to invest and put the time into this investment and see the results that we've seen at Guildhall, which is why we're more than happy to bid 40% higher a year for these diamonds because we know their performance in the past and we believe in their performance for the future as well. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call. Guildhallwealth.com, the website to view these colored diamonds and, of course, all things gold and silver. When we come back in the fourth segment, we're going to summar- summarize what we've discussed throughout the show spend some time talking about one last article which is entitled brace for a rally in silver prices the market's stepchild will outperform all you've been listening to the real money show with guildhall wealth management on talk radio am 640 welcome back to the real money show you are listening today with myself darren long the president of Guildhall Wealth Management, Paul Wiseman, the vice president, Jeremy Wiseman. And uh, we've had a jam-packed show today, fellas. Talked a lot about colored diamonds in the last segment, the beautiful expectations moving forward in terms of pricing and valuation, how it's for everyone, not just people who want to wear it and put it on in in terms of jewelry and wealth to wear, but also for people who just like to purely uh, use it as a tool within their portfolio to maintain their wealth and to grow wealth by, in in some cases, even special speculating on what might happen in the future of supply and demand in terms of pink diamonds. Now, earlier in the show, we were touching base on uh, silver and gold. And of course, this has been more about a show of 101, kind of reviewing all of the various fundamentals. Jeremy, when we talk about those fundamentals, we talked a little bit about inflation, 
the depreciating currencies. We talked about expectations moving forward based on that. We also have to talk about supply and demand. And one of the interesting concepts that's coming to the forefront right now is how the idea of demand is changing. What you might traditionally think has been more along the lines of the Indian market for gold, Chinese market for gold in the last few years is now changing somewhat and so much so that you brought with you some information about what's happening in Germany right now. You can't get information on the demand and where the supplies are going in precious metals on mainstream um, mainstream uh, news on on business and whatnot. You really have to start digging deep to find out where things are going in terms of precious metals. Uh, I know there was an article out this week talking about um, when it came to the futures market and the comics market that deliveries of physical silver have been going up and up and up and uh, almost increasing exponentially in that market. So that's a very good sign in terms of the fact that people want delivery. People want the product in their own hand. Uh, They want that protection that comes with having the physical precious metal, and we call that zero counterparty risk, meaning instead of investing in an ETF, which is where the major banks will put funds because it's just easier to move money into the ETFs, and again, you can watch the increase in precious metals through the ETFs. If you see those rising, you can see that there's a demand for precious metals, but those major institutions can't just buy singularly for their clients' gold because there just wouldn't be enough, and there certainly wouldn't be enough silver as well, but when you look at Germany this year as an example, um, sorry, in 2016, I should say, uh, they really ramped up their buying. And this was individual buying to the tune of actually 6 billion euros. And uh, this article from the World Gold Council, which again, we'll put in the newsletter, discusses that that feature of the German market. And one of the aspects of this was talking about crisis after crisis. And I'll I'll just quote from this article. It says, the global financial crisis in 2008 brought gold to the attention of German investors at large. While the world fretted about Lehman Brothers, German investors worried about the state of their own banking system. Landsbank, the previous stable banking partners of corporate Germany, looked wobbly. People feared for their savings. To prevent a run on the bank and a collapse of its own banking on October 5, 2008, the government guaranteed all private bank accounts. This was part of a wider problem, banks across Europe and being bailed out as by the taxpayers. This is something that the IMF is worried about going forward, more bailouts and that the banks are going to bail in uh, their clients. This article goes on to ask German investors why they're investing in precious metals. Um, when asked why they invest in gold, 57% of bar and coin investors, now we're talking about not institutional investors, we're talking about the everyday mom and pop going out and buying physical precious metals. It's the same type of investors that we get at Guildhall Wealth, people looking to buy physical bars, physical coins, whether they're putting in their RSPs, whether they're putting it in the depository or taking home delivery. They asked uh, those investors, uh, 57% of bar and coin investors said it was to protect their wealth and only 28% said it was to make a good return long term. So this is all about wealth protection. This is why Germany... Uh, repatriated all of their gold. And we're seeing a a larger move towards this, a big trend towards people looking to protect their wealth long term. And it's something that's happening, and this article points it out, something that's happening outside the banking system. It's the growth of firms like Guildhall 
that are outside the banking system dealing in physical precious metals. They talk about the fact that there's over 100 firms like that in Germany. In Canada, there are a lot less. Guildhall is one of the largest. Now, when we look at imports into um, into China and India, um, there's been a big increase in, in the silver silver bars as well. Well, both India and China have, under expectations from their own governments, had different reasons for buying silver versus gold and increasing their silver holdings. In China, it's it's the expectation of wealth. It's glorified uh, and very romanticized in that country in terms of its uh, significance as it relates to wealth. And of course, over the last 10 years, gold has been a huge, huge uh, demand. And of course, that's something that is important to point uh, out. And of course, in India, with the tariffs and the way that they've changed their system to a non-cash system anymore, of course, gold buying has slowed somewhat, especially heading into the Indian wedding season. Now we're talking about silver being the big, uh, big metal here. And of course, lots to come on that. We'll add it in the Precious Metals Advisor this week, this particular uh, article. But that being said, of course, on the heels of that, what we offer at Guildhall Wealth Management, it's very important to point out, whether you're buying Royal Canadian Mint Maple Leaf coins, whether you're buying bars, whether you're buying 10-ounce bars, 100-ounce bars, those are all possibilities when it comes to owning physical product. And remember, folks, if you don't buy it and take it out of the system, you're not impacting the price. If you buy a company and you think that that company is going to do anything for you in terms of making silver and gold come out of the ground and go into your pocket, sadly mistaken. It's not the way it works. You always want to buy the physical. Like Jeremy says, if you can't touch it, you don't own it. If you want to get into this market before we end today's show, we would be remiss if we didn't mention allocated financing. Before we go for today, just let us know if you're interested in something. We can make that happen for you. But in an allocated financing account, you can get a thousand ounces of silver into your pockets and you can control it and you can own it and you can go visit it whenever you want and make changes buying and selling very easily. You can watch it online and have lots of tools at your disposal for a fraction of the price that you would pay to own it outright. About 10,000 Canadian right now to buy a thousand ounces of silver, which is way below market. We'll show you how to do that at Guildhall Wealth Management. We want to thank everybody for today's show. The number to call one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. You've been listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Talk Radio AM 640.